All right, welcome back, Spiritual Crusaders. My name is Craig Conover, and thank you for joining us on our podcast channel. If you've not had a chance to visit us at spiritualcrusade.com, definitely head over there. We have some great content we deliver on a daily basis. We have talks, memes, lesson helps. We also do uh, Come Follow Me video and podcasts available for you guys to really enhance your, your knowledge of the gospel, but also in helping you to teach your families. So definitely come and, and come back off. We'd love to have you. All right. Today, we're going to be talking about or the title of the podcast is Awake and Arise, and I'm super excited about this podcast. So let's go ahead. Oh, if you are able to, if you feel like you can gain some good insights and you are able to draw closer to your Savior, be sure to come and, and you know like us, follow us, share us with your family and friends. And we'd love to love to have them as well. So uh, let's go ahead and get started. So, Awaken Arise is a talk that I actually put together back in 2006. And then, You Never Knew Me is a post that I made earlier this year. And I'm going to kind of blend these together and add some of my own, you know, thoughts uh, that pertain more. Uh, to what I'm feeling right now. <laughs> so, uh, to start off with, it was kind of kind of neat. So, when I was thinking about what I needed to to talk about on this podcast, the it came to me. It said, "Awake and arise." It said, "Go and deliver that that talk." Well, as I went back and as I was I started to read this talk, it was kind of interesting because it started off the very same. It started. It, it talked about how. I was trying to identify a topic before that was fun and, and, and amazing for people to listen to. I was thinking about, uh, had a specific quote and a scripture that I wanted to use uh, for that talk. and But I hadn't narrowed down the topic yet. But as I was walking to my computer to sit down and type up the talk, I knew that my topic was to be awake and arise. And that, of course, fit in perfectly with the scripture and, the, and that I had it in mind. But it was just cool because it was the same experience. You know, I just knew that today was awake and arise. And so it's kind of kind of neat how the spirit works. Hopefully, the spirit will really take the message conveyed here today to your very soul. To really awaken within you a desire to take action in your own life. And to take action today, not wait any longer, but take action today. No longer procrastinate the day of our repentance, but let's move forward with power as disciples of Christ. So I'm going to read, be reading some of the talk, Awake and Arise, and kind of talk about it and kind of bleeding, blend in some other things. So I, I started off talking about Moroni. I said Moroni could no longer sit still and watch his freedoms taken from him, and then he could take action required of all men, women, and children to come forth and take action as well. And it's so interesting. I think about that, right? When Moroni, when he had that stirring of the Spirit, and he took action, and we, we have that recorded in Scripture, and it's just so powerful, so moving, 
we need to listen to the Spirit stirring us inside of our own hearts and our own minds, telling us to awake and arise in Christ. We no longer can sit still while righteousness is taken from us. We too must take action and warn others to take action as well. Awake and arise should take on new meaning in your lives as we can conclude the, this uh, talk and this podcast here, of course. The simplicity of the word awake causes many to miss or overlook the purpose and use of the word. We see from scriptures how simplicity can be the downfall of many. Looking in 1 Nephi 17.41 And he did straighten them in the wilderness with his rod, for they hardened their hearts, even as ye have. And the Lord straightened them because of their iniquity. He sent fiery flying serpents among them, and after they were bitten, he prepared a way that they might be healed. And the labor which they had to perform was to look that's it. Look. Look upon the serpent, right? And because of the simpleness of the way, or the easiness of it, there were many who perished. And we will come to understand that this is the same for us today. It is as easy for us to listen hear the Holy Ghost, hear the light of Christ speaking to our souls and to take action as it was for them to look. Christ is constantly talking to us through our conscience, constantly saying, look, take heed, pay attention. I have a work for you. And we constantly are denying that or let it fall on deaf ears. We must look unto Christ and live. All right, continuing. Here we sadly learn that the labor which they had to perform was to look. And because of the simpleness of the way or the easiness of it, there were many who perished. I think that it is important to note that those that perished understood the meaning of the word look, but failed to understand the action needed to be saved. The concept of awake and arise is equally simple, and yet we hardly give it a second thought. As I look at it, one must either be asleep or awake. There is no middle ground. Try that. Try to be awake and asleep at the same time. <laughs> it doesn't work. I believe that that is why this term is used over 60 times in the scriptures. It is a descriptive word that is not open to interpretation. There is only one possible interpretation, and that is one is either asleep or awake. The Savior spoke in parables, and why did he speak in parables? This is in Matthew 13, 34-35. All these things spake Jesus unto the multitude in parables. And without a parable spake he not unto them. 
that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. Mark 4, 10-11 And when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked him the parable. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. So we see that the Savior spoke in parables to keep all those that had not the Spirit to hear asleep. And those that had the Spirit to hear awoke and understood or understood, but also unstopped their ears, and they were given understanding. Likewise for us, this key will either be asleep to us, or the Spirit will unstop our ears, that we will begin to act or strive to learn how to act, which is what contains the power to save. We must learn how to awake unto Christ and to take action and move forth boldly and undeterred in the message of Christ unto salvation for all men. Now, keep in mind this next part. This is back in 2006 when I wrote this, right? So I work somewhere else now. But I said I was having a difficult day a while back and was sitting at a river behind where I currently work. I was praying and felt prompted to open, open my scriptures. I opened my scriptures to the same chapter I had read the night before, and my eyes caught hold of a scripture that meant very little to me the night before. I was then given understanding to unlock its meaning. This scripture is found in DNC 133.10. Yea, let the cry go forth among all people. Awake and arise, and go forth to meet the bridegroom. Behold, and lo, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Prepare yourselves for the great day of the Lord. Here we see those words, awake and arise. There are a few components here that are important to point out. One, Yea, let the cry go forth among all people. The cry has gone forth through the Book of Mormon, but we are also commanded to do the crying or the warning. Just in the DNC, the Lord uses the word warn 20 times, and many of them are a command for us. We must give heed. Remember what I talked about before, the, the serpent, right? How many chose to look unto the serpent, right? We must act. We must take action and help to warn all that, that we come in contact with and to bring them the joy that we feel through the gospel. All right, DNC 60, 63, 37, and then 57 through 58. So first 37. Lift a warning voice unto the inhabitants of the earth and declare both by word and by flight. Now 57 through 58. Those who desire in their hearts in meekness to warn sinners to repentance, 
Let them be ordained unto this power. For this is a day of warning and not a day of many words. Now we're going to jump to DNC 8881. Behold, I sent you out to ver testify and warn the people. And it becometh every man who hath been warned to warn his neighbor. Right there. It is a command. If we have been warned, we must warn our neighbors. Now, DNC 3841. And let your preaching be the warning voice. Every man to his neighbor in mildness and in meekness. And I'm going to throw something in there. Let our example of disciples of Christ also be teaching and a warning voice to them as well. DNC 112.5 Contend thou, therefore, morning by morning and day after day, let thy warning voice go forth. And when the night cometh, let not the inhabitants of the earth slumber because of thy speech. <laughs> that gives me chills. It absolutely gives me chills. We must be resilient. We must always be disciples of Christ. And disciples of Christ do not live their religion in a corner or under a table or whatever it may be. Disciples of Christ share the good message of Christ. They bring the glad tidings of great joy unto all men through the message of Christ. We must be warning and teaching and testifying in word and in action and in deed all the day long. I love how it said that. Morning by morning and day after day, let thy warning voice go forth. And even at night, do not let it stop. I love it. It's so powerful. DNC 124-106. And in all his journeyings, let him lift up his voice... As with the sound of a trump. We're not talking about a little voice. As with the sound of a trump. And warn the inhabitants of the earth to flee the wrath to come. There is joy in the gospel. And how's that? what is that joy? It's joy because we avoid the sin and the wickedness of the world, first of all. Right? Which is which is because of that sin and that wickedness will come wrath in our lives on a daily basis and also at the judgment day, right? So we need to be, let our voice be heard as a sound of a trumpet about the message of Christ. Okay, this is the second point. Quote, awake and arise and go forth to meet the bridegroom. Close quote. I believe that this is the stage that we are in, and it is. it was confirmed to me that this was the case. We are no longer allowed to sleep, and we must awake the rest of the world, right? It's not just enough for us to be awake. We must awake the world to the message of Christ, to the salvation that Christ brings into the world. I was given some insight pertaining to the stage. This stage combined with stage four and includes going forth to meet the bridegroom. In my mind, it was likened to getting ready for church 
or a wedding, both similar dress and similar requirements. So this is kind of, I'm gonna paint a picture of in 2006 and you can add, I don't know, how many kids we've had, double the kids or more <laughs> at this time. But at night, <clears throat> we set our alarm to go off an hour and a half before we need to be leaving to get to church on time or slightly early. We have to, to wake up two hours before church now. And we are never on time. <laughs> we try every single week, but truth be told, we are rarely on time. But we are working on it. <clears throat> when we hear our alarm, what do we think? We, what do we think we do every several times? That's correct. We hit the snooze button. This can be very dangerous and many times leads us to being late. When we finally get up, we make a mad rush to bathing kids and ourselves, finding clean clothes, tights, jewelry, and shoes. It is more than just getting ourselves and our girls ready, because we just had girls at the time. We also have to find coloring books, toys, and snacks to keep the kids uh, quiet during sacrament meeting. Then comes the drive, which is always fun and hectic. So that is the typical routine for Sunday morning at the Conover's house. Again, back in 2006, it's a lot more hectic now. <laughs> but anyway, continue. The thought then came to me, if it takes that kind of time to prepare my small family of five, oh, there we go. Yes, I've exactly doubled that at this time. How much time is needed to prepare a ward, a community, a nation, and the world for the second coming? Interesting. Now, be careful not to judge. What was given to me was not necessarily time-related, but rather a great understanding of circumstances. The prophets have already told us many times that we are at the doors. There is an urgency to prepare rapidly ourselves, our families, and to take this warning to our neighbors and to the world. Verse 3, or number 3, Behold, and lo, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Oh, that is so amazing. Can you imagine in your mind going out to meet the bridegroom, going out to meet the Savior, being worthy to be able to do that? Oh, it's so amazing. There is no doubt that he will come. It is inevitable. We must choose whether we to have oil in our lamps or not. Will we be prepared? Will we have our family prepared to go out and meet the bridegroom? I want you to ponder that for just a moment. Imagine the joy that you will have in your heart with your family gathered around you as you are going out to meet the Savior when he comes. It's amazing. Point four. Quote, prepare yourselves for the great day of the Lord. Close quote. Once we can view the correct circumstances, then we can act appropriately if we choose to act. Right? We must decide for ourselves and we must take that action. Preparation is a choice. Herein lies the truth of the saying that I've heard Thomas S. Monson quote. And open quote, <laughs> when the time for decision arrives, the time for preparation is past, close quote. 
what is our life story going to be? Are we going to have our life story be one of preparation and being ready to meet the bridegroom? Or is our life story going to be one of delay, of procrastination, of not putting oil in our lamps and thinking naively and totally incorrectly that you will have time to prepare to meet the bridegroom because you won't. You absolutely won't. Again, when the time for decision arrives, the time for preparation is past. We must decide right now so that when that, when that time comes, we are prepared and we are ready to serve and be disciples of Christ in power. And as our prophet now talks about joining the Lord's battalion, and I've mentioned several times on our the, the podcast here and the YouTube channel, and that is that we don't want to just be part of the Lord's battalion. We want to lead the Lord's battalion. We want to be of service to God in a powerful way, right? All right, going back here. <clears throat> For example, if we were still asleep and kept hitting the snooze button, can we miss the wedding altogether? The answer is yes. Can we take too long in the shower or just drag our feet and miss the wedding? Yes. One thing to remember is that there is no late. Not something good for, for me and my family. We're always late to church. We need to work on that. But anyway, go back to this. Those that are late will miss the wedding as well. We learn this from the parable of the ten virgins. Five of who were late were locked out of the wedding. I get emotional because how sad that would be for either ourselves or for a loved one. As we imagine you entering the feast and, and a loved one comes later just a hair too late and cannot enter. We must be about our father's business for ourselves, our family, our loved ones, our community of the world. Matthew 25, 10 through 12. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. I just, oh. We must be ready. Anyway, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Now, this is where I want to segue into another post I made earlier this year titled, Ye Never Knew Me. In the Joseph Smith translation of that same verse right there I just read to you, when it says, I know you not, the Joseph Smith translation said, says, ye know me not. Totally different, totally different meaning there. Ye know me not. Now I want to turn to Matthew 7, 21 through 23. If you don't have this highlighted you need to highlight all these scriptures we talk about they're all amazing but 
Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Remember, that's what those, that's what those five virgins said. They said, Lord, Lord, right? But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. 22. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. It's pretty powerful, pretty righteous people, right? Not so much. Because they, they didn't continue faithfully right <clears throat> 23 and then will i profess unto them i never knew you depart from me ye that work iniquity and again back to Smith translation of this verse it says and then will i say ye never knew me that is a very significant change it puts the focus on us and our actions that prevent us from knowing Christ and thus keeping us out of the wedding feast. Now, here, are, here is uh, an amazing insight from an article I read. How is it that the Lord has not, known, has not known them? The Hebrew word know, or yada, has a broad range of meanings. One of them is controversial. The Lord knows and is known by only those individuals who have received and kept all his ordinances and covenants. Elder Bruce R. McConkie further explains, I want you to listen to this quote. It is unbelievable. Jesus is saying, Ye never knew me so fully as to be sealed up unto eternal life with your callings and elections made sure. And since you did not magnify your callings in the priesthood, you shall be cast out and be as though I never knew you. I'm going to repeat that. Ye never knew me so fully as to be sealed up unto eternal life with your callings and elections made sure. We must not be okay with just regular church attendance. We must not be okay with just regular scripture study or simple prayers said to, to be marking off the box. We must seek after the Lord. We must know him so fully that we are sealed up unto eternal life with our callings and elections made sure. That is a bold bold statement and it requires massive action on our part we cannot be asleep any longer we must awake and arise and step into our privileges that have been given to us all right going back to awake and arise here Says we all know why the five virgins were late, and that was because they ran out of oil for their lamps. The oil is simply the preparation that we make. As we think of preparation, let's look at some of the, the times the, the Lord, through the Holy Scriptures, tell us to be awake, to awaken ourselves, and then prepare. DNC 1172-3. Let them awake and arise and come forth and not tarry, for I the Lord command it. 
Therefore, if they tarry, it shall not be well with them. Interesting. Interesting. We, it will not be well with us. How, how more simple can the Lord tell us we must awake and arise and come forth? Henry B. Eyring, from one of my favorite firesides titled Always, says, quote, The danger lies in delay or drift. Close quote. We cannot delay or drift or procrastinate or say tomorrow I will do whatever it is. We must do it today. Second Nephi 1, 13 and 23. 13. Oh, that ye would awake and arise from a deep sleep, yea, even from the sleep of hell, and shake off the awful chains by which ye are bound. Listen to all this action words, right? We must be the action here. Uh, the chains which you are bound, which are the chains which bind the children of men, that they are carried away captive down to the eternal gulf of misery and woe. 23, awake my sons. I'm going to say my daughters as well, right? Awake my sons and my daughters. Put on the armor of righteousness. Shake off the chains with which ye are bound and come forth out of obscurity and arise from the dust. Right? And the dust is earthy, right? We must arise from that. We must be spiritual beings in a worthy, or in an earthly uh, experience. I wish I had that quote for that. In the recent conference, Romans 13, 11, and that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep for now is our salvation nearer than we have believed. First Corinthians 15, 34, awake to righteousness and sin not for some have not the knowledge of God. And I speak this to your shame, your shame, right? It's up to us. We must teach them. If someone is not taught the gospel, we are held accountable for that. We must do more. Ephesians 5, 14, wherefore he saith, awake thou that sleepest and awake from the dead and Christ shall give thee a light. 2 Nephi 4, 28, Awake, my soul, no longer droop in sin. Rejoice, O my heart, and give place no more for the enemy of my soul. 2 Nephi 9.47 But behold, my brethren, it is expedient that I should awake you to an awful reality of these things. Would I harrow up your souls if your minds were pure? Would I be plain unto you according to plainness of the truth if ye were freed from sin? And yet we're not. We must do better. Jacob 3.11, O my brethren, hearken unto my words. Arouse the faculties of your souls. Shake yourselves that ye may awake from the slumber of death and loose yourselves from the pains of hell that, that, may not, uh, that ye may not become angels to the devil to be cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Mosiah 2.40, Oh, all ye old men, and also ye young men, and you little children who can understand my words. For I have spoken plainly unto you that ye might understand. I pray that ye should awake to a remembrance of the awful situation of those that have fallen into transgression. Alma 30, 32, 27. But behold, if ye will awake and arouse your faculties, even to an experiment upon my words... 
and exercise a particle of faith, yea, even if ye can no more than desire to believe, let this desire work in you, even until ye believe in a manner that ye can give place for a portion of my words. And last scripture that I'm going to mention, talking about awake and arise, is in Ether 8.24. Wherefore the Lord commandeth you, when ye shall see these things come among you, that ye shall awake to a sense of your awful situation because of this secret combination which shall be among you. And woe be unto it because of the blood of them who have been slain. For they cry from the dust for vengeance upon it and also upon those who built it up. In closing... I'd like to extend a challenge to more fully awake to your own personal standing with God and take action today. Right? Let us no longer hit the snooze button, but let us awake and arise and be about our Father's business. Let us prepare ourselves and our families and get ready to work, preparing to go forth and meet the bridegroom. And I would like to close again with that quote from Bruce R. McConkie talking about the five virgins who knew not the Savior. They knew not the Savior. Remember, the five virgins is, the ten virgins is talking about the church, right? That's half of the church right now is not prepared to enter the bridegroom or the feast, sorry. So here's Bruce R. McConkie one final time in, in closing. Jesus is saying, Ye never knew me so fully as to be sealed up unto eternal life with your callings and elections made sure. And since you did not magnify your callings in the priesthood, you shall be cast out and be as though I never knew you. Let us take inspiration and motivation and listen to the, the light of Christ within us that is speaking and screaming to us in its soft, still voice to take action today, to awake and arise and be men. You know, I love, I love the ponderized scripture that I have for this week. And it is, it's, it's a, it's a great scripture. Let me um, pull it up here for you. It is 1 Corinthians, let's see here, 1 Corinthians um, 16, 13. It says, watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you, which if you look in the footnote means behave. So behave like men, be strong. So let's awaken, arise, arise and stand fast in our faith in all, and be disciples of Christ in word indeed in action in testimony warn our neighbors teach them the joy that comes from the gospel and let us be more diligent and seek after the face of god that we can become and get obtained for ourselves that joy of having all being sealed upon us and having our calling and elections made sure so that we can know the savior fully so that we can know him and be able to enter into the wedding feast with the bridegroom. Amazing, amazing. Imagine that embrace. 
<clears throat> of meeting the Savior in the, the, the wedding, fe the wedding uh, feast, right? And being part of that. We don't want to miss it. We do not want to miss it. This is our eternal salvation at stake here. Let us awake and arise and be men and women of Christ. And I say these things in the name of our Savior, even Jesus Christ. Amen.